48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McElindon. The headlines. Ex-co member Ronnie Tong says he hopes that with the Occupy 9 trial finished, work on political reform can resume. A pro-democracy lawmaker wants Hong Kong courts to be able to try SAR residents for murders committed anywhere in the world. And the leaders of Russia and North Korea meet for a landmark summit. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says now that the trial of nine key figures of the Occupy movement is over, he hopes society can forget its divisions and work out the best way forward on political reform. The three founders of the 2014 pro-democracy campaign were given 16-month jail terms, although Reverend Chu Yu Ming, who's 75, had his sentence suspended for two years. Mr Tong says Hong Kong needs to try and forget what he called this painful past. I think it is not very meaningful to discuss whether the sentences are harsh or whether they are light, particularly bearing in mind that some of the defendants have already said that they would appeal, both in relation to the conviction and in relation to the sentencing. I think it's more important for us to take a breath and ask ourselves, are we ready to get over the difficulties and the division caused by Occupy Central? And and are we ready to embark on a new quest for political reform? Meanwhile, Reverend Xu Yuming says he and the other two co-founders of the Occupy movement, Benny Tai and Chan Kim Man, haven't yet decided whether to appeal. He says if they do appeal against their convictions, it won't be for their own interests, but for Hong Kong's freedom of speech. He was asked when a decision would be made. I don't know. It uh, depends on uh, our lawyer uh, have a conversation with the, my two colleagues uh, in prison. When they have a conclusion, there is the day of appeal. Yesterday, the lawyer for the three said they would appeal against their guilty verdicts and the sentences of Mr. Tai and Mr. Chan. A legal scholar says he thinks a suspended jail term would have been a reasonable sentence for all nine Occupy activists. Eric Jern from the University of Hong Kong's law school says the evidence submitted during the trial dealt with events prior to police firing tear gas on protesters in September 2014. But he said the judge appeared to have made the defendants accountable for the full 79 days of occupation. Demosisto activist Agnes Chow says she hopes that the higher courts will give more weight to the motivation of the Occupy movement if the co-founders of the protest do decide to appeal. She also expressed concern that the sentences of the Occupy leaders would harm civil society in the long run. I believe that their participation on the civil disobedience and the reasons that they are not fighting for only themselves and fighting for you know their own selfish wish but fighting for the whole Hong Kong democracy development of the Hong Kong um, society should be a important factor that the court should consider. Civic Party lawmaker Alvin Young says he'll introduce a private member's bill to give Hong Kong courts the power to try SAR residents for murder or manslaughter, even when their crimes are committed overseas. He says the bill's an alternative to the government's proposal to allow extraditions to territories with which Hong Kong doesn't have a formal agreement. Mr Leung argues that the idea closes a so-called legal loophole which allows fugitives to escape justice while not exposing Hong Kong people to mainland courts. In the future, anybody committing murder or manslaughter in mainland China, that person will be subject to Hong Kong court's jurisdiction, and that person could be tried in Hong Kong. By expanding Hong Kong court's jurisdiction in the future, there's no way anybody can escape as long as that person is a Hong Kong permanent resident or Hong Kong resident. Then Hong Kong court will be able to try that person's misconduct outside Hong Kong. Simply speaking, there will be no loophole in the future. 
The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says Hong Kong's the perfect place to raise private capital to fund various Belt and Road projects. Addressing the second International Belt and Road Forum in Beijing, Mrs Lam said funding for cross-border or regional developments often requires private sector involvement, and this is where Hong Kong can play a crucial role. The single most relevant advantage of Hong Kong that could best meet the country's needs is our financial services. Given our status as the global international financial center, many Belt and Road economies aspire to draw foreign investments in infrastructure. To attract more private capital for projects requires deep experience and expertise to assess and manage risk. Hong Kong is prepared to work with other economies in the region. The Russian President Vladimir Putin is meeting the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, on an island near the city of Vladivostok. It's the first summit between the two men. Here's the BBC's Sarah Rainsford. The substance will be those talks primarily, talks that we expect will focus on North Korea's nuclear program and what role Russia can play now uh, in terms of resolving uh, the denuclearization issue in North Korea. And I think the timing of all this is no accident. It comes, of course, a couple of months after Kim Jong-un's talks with Donald Trump in the United States broke down. So he's now come here, the North Korean leader, looking for a new ally, perhaps, in Russia's uh, President Putin. A Japanese court's granted bail to former Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn. The Tokyo District Court set bail at around four and a half million U.S. dollars. The 65-year-old faces four charges ranging from concealing part of his salary from shareholders to siphoning off Nissan funds for his personal use. He was first arrested in December. The United Nations Children's Fund UNICEF is warning that cases of measles around the world have nearly trebled compared to the same period last year. UNICEF says over 20 million children worldwide weren't vaccinated every year between 2010 and 2017. It says this has created the environment for major outbreaks of the disease. The risk is present in developing nations but also in developed nations because of unfounded anti-vaccine messages. Dr Robert Nandy is UNICEF's Principal Advisor and Chief of Immunizations. We are seeing a number of high-income countries with uh, good health systems, uh, Britain, uh, the United States, Japan, experiencing measles outbreaks. And this is extremely concerning. We, are not, we were not expecting to see this in 2019. Um, and and it is, it's, it's a result of the children that we are missing, which is creating a pool of susceptibles and conditions for the outbreak. Hong Kong this year has had 66 cases of measles, compared to seven in the same period last year. But the latest outbreak appears to be slowing, with only one case in the past few days. A former employee of the U.S. State Department has pleaded guilty to conspiring with Chinese agents. Candice Claiborne became involved with two men while stationed in Shanghai, receiving tens of thousands of dollars in exchange for documents and information on State Department activities. She faces up to five years in prison for conspiracy. The government of Sri Lanka has acknowledged major lapses over its failure to prevent the series of suicide bombings on Sunday. President Mathrupala Sirisena has asked his defence secretary and police chief to resign over the failure to pass on intelligence about the attack. Arakam Noramith from the country's biggest Islamic association says the community had been aware of a potential threat for some time, but the scale of the attack was alarming. We did not believe that extreme group will go into extent of this level of suicide attack or you know blowing themselves up or anything. We were worried about it. Uh, as a community, we really did not identify this, but our community was alerting it uh, as much as they can from the last 10 years. Community leaders were saying there are some extreme youngsters are involved. Internationally, they are connecting themselves. 
New research shows that around 12 million hectares of tropical forests were lost last year. That's equivalent to 30 football fields each minute. Global Forest Watch says that while there's a decline on the previous two years, which saw many wildfires, it's still the fourth highest rate of loss since records began in 2001. The BBC's Matt McGrath has the details. What particularly worries scientists is the loss of primary or old-growth forests, which often harbour trees that are thousands of years old. These ancient woods are huge stores of carbon and are critical to regulating global climate change. Last year, 3.6 million hectares of these trees disappeared. However, there is some good news in the report. Primary forest losses in Indonesia were 40% lower than the long-term average. Tougher law enforcement and financial support from Norway have helped turn the tide as well as wetter seasons, which have damped down fires. Scientists in the United States say they've developed a brain implant that can read people's minds and turn their thoughts into speech. The electrode, designed by researchers at the University of California, can pick up the signals that control the lips, tongue, voice box and the jaw when it's implanted in the brain. A computer simulation is then used to transform these mouth movements into words. Eric Edward Chang is one of the scientists involved in the project. In this particular study, none of the participants were instructed to make specific mouth movements. They were really just asked to do the very simple thing of reading some sentences. So it's it's a very natural act that the brain translates into movements itself. Researchers in the Antarctic say there's been a dramatic collapse of the world's second largest emperor penguin colony since 2016. Satellite imageries revealed the near total disappearance of thousands of breeding pairs that would raise their young next to the Brunt Ice Shelf. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. Emperors are the biggest of the penguin species and are unique in that they breed through Antarctic winter months on the sea ice that forms around the continent's coastline. But in 2016, severe stormy weather destroyed the local sea ice, resulting in thousands of chicks drowning before they could fledge their swimming feathers. And satellite pictures show the sea ice has not returned, forcing adults to forego breeding or to try to join other colonies. British Antarctic survey scientists say it's an illustration of just how sensitive the emperor penguins are to changes in their environment. Facebook says it's preparing itself for a massive fine by U.S. federal authorities investigating its handling of users' information. The social media giant says it's already set aside $3 billion to cover legal expenses, but said the final cost could be $5 billion. Here's the BBC's Dave Lee. The one-time payment hides a hugely positive quarter for the firm. Revenue was up 26% on this time last year, while the number of people using its services every month is now $2.7 billion. Shares rose in after-hours trading, suggesting that investors, some of whom deserted the company last year, are now more confident that Facebook has its problems under control. However, the Washington Post reported earlier this month that regulators were looking at whether to force changes in governance at the company. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,785, 15 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $44 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.98 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar 11 cents, and the pound's worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 11 cents. Now to sport, and here's Atom Joe. We start with football. Manchester City have taken control of the English Premier League title race after a comfortable 2-0 derby win at Manchester United. Bernardo Silva put City ahead in the 54th minute before Leroy Sané added a second 12 minutes later. 
Pep Guardiola City have now gone one point above Liverpool, with three matches remaining for both sides. Huge victory for us because we know that, but still, you know, be calm right now. We have to be absolutely so calm because on Sunday we go to, you know, to Burnley and know how difficult it is and you have to be calm because when we draw points we cannot be champion. How difficult is it to be calm? No read, no switch on the TV and uh, a lot of uh, cold water, hot water, massage and sleep well, eat well. Only, it's only what we can do. United's seventh loss in nine matches in all competition leaves them sixth in the table, three points behind fourth place Chelsea. Arsenal's hopes of a top four finish suffered a setback as they were outplayed in a 3-1 defeat at Wolves. The hosts were 3-0 up at half before the Gunners pulled one back 10 minutes from time. Arsenal are fifth in the table, a point behind Chelsea and two points ahead of sixth place Manchester United. Wolves are seventh. To ice hockey now, the Carolina Hurricanes have beaten the defending champions Washington Capitals in Game 7 to cap a wild opening round of this year's NHL playoffs. Washington blew a 3-1 lead in the third period at home before losing 4-3 in double overtime. Brock McGinn scored the winner, tipping in a pass from Justin Williams, who set an NHL record with his 15th career point in a Game 7. The Capitals are one of several cup favorites knocked out by lower-ranked opponents in the first round. Last year's finalists, Vegas, were also beaten by San Jose earlier this week. Here's our U.S. sports commentator, Ray Jovanovich. The San Jose Sharks were down three games to one to last year's Western Conference champions, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But I'm still having a hard time understanding and getting over the fact that the number one ranked team overall in the NHL the Tampa Bay Lightning were swept in four games by Columbus. Tampa Bay won 62 games in the regular season. That was 12 better than the number two team. That was the number one team in the Western Conference, the Calgary Flames. They got knocked out four games to one in the first round by the Colorado Avalanche. I can't recall another NHL playoffs first round where the number one ranked teams were so easily dismissed by the number eight ranked team. And finally, in basketball, the Houston Rockets are through to the second round of the NBA playoffs. They outlasted the Utah Jazz 193 to take the series in five games. James Harden led the Rockets with 26 points. And that's your look at sports. And that was Asim Jung there. To end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Exco member Ronnie Tong says he hopes that with the Occupy 9 trial finished, work on political reform can resume. A pro-democracy lawmaker wants Hong Kong courts to be able to try SAR residents for murders committed anywhere in the world. And the leaders of Russia and North Korea meet for a landmark summit. That's the news from RTHK.